great seeing you, Dominic. You know, when people ask me what have I been doing in the city, I say you need to talk to Dominic Carter because you've been covering me for almost 30 years now. Nice to be with you, Dominic. I think you are really in a very, very high league. And I watch some of your competitors on, frankly, the national shows, and I say, why aren't you doing a national show? Because I really think your delivery and your questioning wow. and your brain power is really at the highest level. So that's good. This is Dominic Carter, everybody. Now, here's Dominic Carter on Talk Radio 77 WABC. And good morning. Good morning. Good Friday morning. Dominic Carter here with you. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Thank you, Rita Cosby. It's amazing, folks, what a hot mic reveals. It is utterly amazing. Senate Majority Leader Charles Schumer caught on tape telling President Biden that the Democrats are going downhill as it relates to the Georgia Senate race in danger. Quoting quoting Senator Schumer, the state where we're going downhill is Georgia. It's hard to believe that they will go for Herschel Walker. Schumer told the president in Syracuse. We're going to break that down in just a minute. Elon Musk takes over Twitter and begins immediately axing executives. He gained control of Twitter on Thursday and uh, started right away uh, and said that he will use the platform to, quote, help humanity, vowing that it will not become a free-for-all hellscape. So he closed the $44 billion deal to acquire the website and again started firing the top executives right away. And so a number of topics that we are going to uh, get to, and it seems like uh, there's a crime blotter just about every morning when we uh, do this show. And, I thought about this. I, I, I've been I've been pondering this for a while. But what we don't understand, what we're not comprehending in terms of what's going on, it's the equivalent of if you're in baseball, right? You're in baseball, and let's say you're facing a pitcher with a long windup before throwing the ball, before releasing the ball. And then on top of that, the catcher doesn't have a good arm. And so what does that mean? It means that everybody is going to steal second base. It gives you an unfair advantage. And so we have signaled, no correction, we have told Yes, the criminals, but also the mentally ill community that you can get away with anything and everything. And they are doing everything imaginable. Unhinged man holds a fake gun to a Queens MTA bus driver's head. After more than a mile, the bus driver jumps out the window to escape. A man and this is on to incident number two now, a man randomly shoved onto the Upper East Side subway tracks. This happened this week. And uh, 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 suspects go into a Brooklyn restaurant, into the restaurant, open fire, killing one man, wounding, wounding another. This will not stop until... You start making examples of these people committing crimes. 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. We are taking your call. So uh, near where I live, um, I stopped by a store this afternoon. And in Rockland, and it's the same uh, on Long Island, uh, when it comes to be election time, uh, days or weeks away from an election, 
there are signs everywhere for the candidates. And there was one sign, I almost stopped and took a photo of it. It said, vote Republican, a white sign in red letters. And it said, I'm trying to remember the exact wording. It said, uh, you, you have no other choice. That's what the sign said. Uh, on, on, and I just found it very, very interesting. So going downhill, going downhill, Senator Schumer caught on a hot microphone in which the senator is telling President Biden that the Democrats are in danger in the Georgia Senate race. And standing right there, as Schumer is talking to President Biden, is Governor Kathy Hochul. Now, I'm still at a loss of words. You're already on the ropes, Governor Hochul, here in New York State, and you bring in President Biden, Democrats, you and Fetterman, you've done the same thing. Democrats all over the country are avoiding the president, instead uh, asking for the first lady to come in. And I understand that it's upstate, it's far away from downstate New York City, but you have Biden come in, and interesting. But it was, for for the most part, a government uh, event. And so this is what the uh, air, airport in Syracuse, and to those of you that listen to this show, you know I know a thing or two about Syracuse, having gone to graduate school there uh, at, at the uh, Newhouse School. And so New York, as we all know, deep, deep, deep blue state could elect a GOP executive for the first time in 20 years, Lee Zeldin, Lee Zeldin. And I'm going to focus on that in just a second. But even the top Democrat in the Senate is stating that the Democrats are in trouble, at least in the Georgia race. And the reason why Schumer is telling that to the President of the United States is real clear because the handwriting is completely on the wall. We are going to start now with the uh, telephone calls, and then I'm going to make a, a, a case as it relates to the crime issue. But I want to hear some of what you folks have to say. We're taking your calls, 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. Uh, let's go to uh, Shea on uh on Long Island. Good morning. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Good morning, Dominic. How are you? Good morning. How are you? I'm well. Good. Good to hear. So obviously you're talking about crime and the uptick in crime. You know, this is this is a no-brainer. Obviously, I'm a Republican, and I'm calling in everyone to vote for Lee Zeldin. But this is not any, any more about being Republican or Democrat. People are getting killed. People are getting stabbed. The subway's turned into a zoo. People are bringing on pools on subways. People are bringing on microwaves on subways. The city is the worst it's ever been since I've been living here. I'm 32 years old. And this is not about Democrat, Republican. It's an urge. It's like you're voting. You have to vote like your life counts on it. You must vote Lee Zeldin. There's no way out of it. Well, you, you, you know what's funny? Uh, when I talk to my Democratic friends, they go, oh, it's not that bad. You're, you're exaggerating. You, you, you don't get it. And it seemed like that was the approach and attitude of Governor Hochul at the debate. Uh, this week, I, I am I am completely at a loss of words when Zeldin hammers home the point of crime and that and you're going to hear that in just a second. I thank you for the telephone call and 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 states that we're halfway through the debate and you're not dealing with crime. And and your response to that is, I don't know why that's so important to you. There's something wrong. There is something wrong with that. Let's go to Anne Marie in Rockland County. Good morning. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. 
Good morning. I just wanted to tell you what that sign says. Okay, go right ahead, Anne Marie. It says, vote Republican. You cannot afford to. Right, that's what it says. So what what part of Rockland County did you see it in? I live in New City. Okay, so New City. I'm up in Pomona, a little further uh, uh, north uh, from you, well, I guess oh, okay. depending on which way you I'm I'm using the Palisades as my point of reference. Okay. And, and one more time, what it says, the sign? It says, vote Republican, you cannot afford to. You, you can't afford not to. You, you can't afford not to, right. You and, can't afford and, not and to. So, so I, you know, I, the, 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 the sign caught my eye. What did you think of it? I loved it. Okay. I thought I thought I would never see anything like that. And you know what? What I don't understand or I don't believe it's not being uh, painted over, or nobody's damaging these signs. They're all over. Yes, yes, they They're, they they are all over. So that that's something within itself. And mm-hmm, Marie, exactly. thank thank you for helping me out there with that sign that, that that's appearing uh, in Rockland County. Dominic Carter here with you, Talk Radio okay. seventy seven. W.A.B.C. So back to Senator Schumer, and then I'm going to make a specific point on crime. But Senator Schumer, hot mic, hot mics will always kill you. Uh, Senator Schumer says, but, you know, it looks like talking about the Pennsylvania race now. It looks like the debate didn't hurt too much in Pennsylvania as of today. So that's good. Basically, we're picking up steam in Nevada. Schumer continued uh, referencing uh, what we all know, the poor debate performance uh, in the first and only debate between uh, Fetterman and and Dr. Oz. And Biden, you can see it, the president, you can see it in the video with Governor Hochul standing there, uh, almost in the middle of each of them. And um, President Biden crosses his fingers as as Senator Schumer delivered the assessment. And so the president went on to exchange some words with Schumer, but it's unclear of uh, of what he was uh, stating. And so let's go back to the telephone calls. Let's listen to what you have to say on this Friday morning. Susan in Brooklyn, good morning and welcome to the Dominic Carter Show. Oh, it's always great to hear you and be able to speak to you in these just unsettling times. Uh, And the thing I'm calling about specifically, because um, I call her Wokel, Wokel last night was talking about guns, okay? But I've lived in New York since 1980, and the number of people getting killed or injured by um, being either thrown in the subway or falling in the subway. I never heard of that barely until five years ago. And to me, this is one of the most just traumatic situations. Not only the people that have been killed in the last two or three years in these violent ways, but what about the people who are just injured or rescued by good Samaritans? Yes. And this to me, and the way she she is so disconnected, and she she looks and thinks, and this is not a person that we can trust. I, I wouldn't trust her to babysit for a child, um, let alone at be in charge of our state. And now we have to worry about this so-called this uh, this mandate of the CDC that five-year-olds and up have to get this experimental COVID vaccine, and it's already on the schedule for 2023 in our state. Um, so there's we cannot let this individual have. She still has us under COVID emergency. This is nothing to do with political parties. This has to do with our um, our ability to, um, you know, survive because she could take it all away. 
Well, Susan, I, I appreciate your telephone call, and I do agree with you, and I think that most of the electorate agrees with you that this is a matter of survival, a matter of survival as we head into the midterm elections. The real clear politics average of recent polling in the race for New York governor shows Hoku beating Zeldin by just 6.1%, despite Biden carrying New York State by more than 23 percentage points just two years ago. And as we've been talking about night after night, Hochul is not the only Democrat with a fight on her hands. Uh, a much a tighter race between Sean Patrick Maloney, the Democrat, uh, the chairman of the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee, and his Republican challenger, Assemblyman Michael Lawler of Rockland County. And and the very district that uh, Biden was in, uh, in Syracuse uh, t- yesterday, it, it, it's just not looking good. No matter how you slice this, uh, for for Democrats, and so we are going to go back. We see all the telephone calls. We're going to get to them in just a second. But Zeldin, we all know that polling can be off sometimes. Zeldin has a shot, has a good shot at winning. And why do I say that? Let's go back to this week's debate, the issue of crime. And I want you to listen to a comment that Zeldin made, and by now you've probably heard this, but this is the comment that is resonating from Lee Zeldin. You know, it's amazing that we're going to be able to go through the entire crime conversation of this debate, and we're still waiting for Kathy Hochul to talk about actually locking up criminals. I mean, people are at home waiting for action to make sure that the handcuffs are going on criminals instead of law-abiding New Yorkers so that people can go walk the streets of Manhattan instead of having to call an Uber just to go two blocks because they're afraid. People who have changed their behavior, they're not riding the subway at the same hours. Maybe they're Jewish, they take their yarmulke off because they're afraid of being attacked. Maybe there is a woman, they tell me these stories of having to hug a pole or grab a guardrail because they're afraid of being pushed in front of an oncoming subway car. There are criminals out there who need to pay the consequences for their action instead of the catch-release policies that Kathy Hochul champions. And so what was Governor Hochul's answer? It is unbelievable. She literally said to Zeldin, I don't know why that's so important to you. When he was pushing her to speak on crime and cashless bail, the governor did say anyone who commits a crime under our laws has consequences. And she also said, we can always do better. Madam Governor. Is that the best you've got? Or it's either you're in complete denial or all of us don't see what's actually in front of us in terms of the crime. But right there is why the Democrats are in trouble. At the suggestion of our good friend, O.B. Murray, political consultant, we went back to the debate that we did right here on Talk Radio 77 WABC, the Democratic debate for New York City Comptroller. It was back in June of last year, 2021. Normally, Comptroller debates are very, very dry very boring, and if you want to know what I think about them, uh, comptroller debates, when I'm given the assignment of uh, moderating those debates, what I what I always say to myself pri- privately is, shoot me now, because that's how boring they are. Because then it's my job to figure out a way, as the moderator, to make it interesting. And the comptroller debates are the toughest by far. The best ones, Senate, President, Mayor. 
I can even handle public advocate. It's the ones for comptroller that are the most uh, challenging uh, as a moderator, or at least for me. So in my lightning rounds, in which I, I just I just smile, um, but when you see others, for example, on New York One try to do what what I did, where the politician can only answer yes or no, one of the questions that we came up with here at WABC for the comptroller uh, candidates, the Democrats, was is crime out of control? Is crime out of control on the stage right here at WABC in our studio? City Council Speaker at the time, Corey Johnson, State Senator Brian Benjamin, formerly an investment banker who the feds indicted months later at the Kathy Hochul made him her her lieutenant governor. Former uh, CNBC anchor Michelle Caruso Cabrera. City Councilman Brad Lander, who went on to win the race. State Senator Kevin Parker of Brooklyn. State Assemblyman David Weprin. And uh, entrepreneur and Marine veteran Zach Iskell. Now, Notice in the race for city comptroller, New Yorkers passed up on the former city council speaker, Corey Johnson, to elect the most radical candidate in the race. Brad Lander is now the city comptroller. Now, I want you to listen carefully to the pushback that Lander gave me. One of the few, as you listen to this, to not answer if crime is out of control. And the reason why we came up with the idea of lightning round questions is because, frankly, politicians talk a lot saying absolutely nothing. And so we and eating up time. So we figured if you could only answer yes or no, it would be very telling. And so just listen to the pushback that. Uh, Brad Lander, who ultimately wins the race, is going to give me on this question. We're going to go this way now. Mr. Benjamin, is is crime out of control in New York City? No. Ms. Caruso Cabrera? You know, as a former journalist, (laughs) these are not good yes and no questions, I would say. Out of control? No. Scary, yes. Mm -hmm. Can you define out of control? It's whatever (laughs) way, Mr. Iskul, that you may personally feel. It's a a personal question. I have issues with you. In your heart, heart, Mr. Iskul, is crime out of control? It's real simple, yes or no. In my heart, seeing what's happened in the city, the number of shootings, the number of children that are dying, yes, it's out of control. Speaker Johnson. We have a crime problem, yes. So it is out of control? Violent crime has gone up, homicides, shootings, robberies. It's gone up. It's unacceptable, yes. Mr. Lander. I agree with Michelle that this is not a thoughtful way to ask the question. Of course (laughs) we need to do more for safety in our communities. Gun violence is rising, and we have to do more about it. So, so Mr. Lander, you say say it's not a thoughtful way. Okay, well, you say it's not a thoughtful thoughtful way, but there's a reason why us journalists do it. And there's a reason why I'm pushing back, because right. I don't think that helps us make a safer city. Okay, but, but m- many of our listeners feel that the city is out of control. And, and what we've got to do is well, get let me it just in say control this. by it making seems, thoughtful just, investments in public safety in all our neighborhoods. I understand, but it just seems but very simple. Fear-mongering either, either, doesn't either, make a safer but city. But it's not fear-mongering. I'm just asking you, do you feel it's out of control? Let's yes talk no. about how to make New York City safer. Okay, I'll Mr. Weber. I'll make it easy for you, Dominic. Yes. Okay, that's a yes and no. Mr. Parker. Yes. So if you listen to that exchange, that lightning round exchange, and it's one of the reasons why I'm always so positive on the owner-operators of WABC, John Katsimatidis and Margot Katsimatidis, it was their idea, not mine, to do those debates. I was just chosen uh, to moderate them, uh, given that I have a long, long, long history 
of moderating debates. But if you want to know why Democrats are in trouble less than two weeks from the midterms, listen to what Brad Lander said. He wanted to talk about anything else, everything else. Oh, Dominic, it's fear-mongering. Oh, oh, oh. But he didn't want to answer the question. And so that's why Republicans are on the verge of this red wave. That's exactly why, if you listen to that exchange. Let's go back and and notice that, to bring this full circle, at the debate, Governor Hochul responds, you know, I, I, her exact words were, I mean, I am stunned by this, uh, where she basically said, I don't understand, uh, to, to, to Zeldin, I don't understand why this is so important to you. What? Are you kidding me, Madam Governor? It is perhaps the most important job that you have, public safety, followed closely by the budget. And you don't understand why it's so important? Let's go let's go back to the uh to the telephone calls. Let's go to let's see here. Let's go to Roger in Massachusetts. Good morning, Roger. What's on your mind? Yeah, thank you. First of all, well, I have a, a, a couple of short comments and then a question or two. First of all, I'm glad we still have Rikers Island open. Now, if if city workers were considered to be too much of a public danger, they had to be fired last year. Well, then these people who go supposedly mentally ill are going around committing these crimes and, and back out on the street. The back out on the street must end immediately. Uh, they, they need to be put someplace because they are a public danger. And, and, and then after that point, then find some way to, to deal with them. Um, so my question to you is, um, why uh, several years ago were all the mental hospitals or, or all these facilities that I hear about that were closed, closed, closed? Uh, is it uh, budgetary reasons? By the way, isn't it control have to do with money? Budgetary reasons, all- and it was, con- thank you for the call, Roger, and it was considered uh, inhumane at the time. Uh, to have uh, a lot of people uh, locked up in mental hospitals. And any time a politician can cut the budget, uh, they will. And so, if you, for example, if you look at infrastructure, is there enough money spent on infrastructure? Absolutely not. Why not? Because it's not a sexy issue. Because the politicians know that, generally speaking, for the most part, the public does not pay attention to infrastructure until a bridge falls down or something as drastic as that. So it was considered, it was considered smart or politically uh, expedient to close the mental hospitals, to cut back on beds. And now we see it's one of the worst things that could have happened. It's one of the worst things that could have happened because many of those politicians that engaged in that process are no longer around. And we, as usual, are left holding the bag with crazy people, with mentally ill ill people acting out on a daily basis, doing outrageous things, pushing people onto subway tracks, hitting people, stabbing people. No one says anything. No one does anything. Dominic Carter here with you. Talk Radio 77 WABC. We are going to take a break. When we come back, we are going to Vermont, North Jersey, Brooklyn, Queens, and Staten Island. Talk Radio 77 WABC. They say this is a big, rich town. Now, here's Dominic Carter on Talk Radio 77 WABC. And we are back on this uh, Friday morning. And uh, yesterday, a new 
Fire Commissioner was sworn in, Laura Kavanaugh, the first woman commissioner at the FDNY. And uh, last night's show ended on the topic of the new commissioner. And I just received an email from a friend of the program, Sal, and he says, uh, I sincerely hope that FDNY Commissioner Kavanaugh is a, and he capitalizes the word legitimate appointee and then capitalizes again and not political eye candy like NYPD Commissioner Sewell, who never capitalized, seems to be seen or heard from. I hope that Commissioner Kavanaugh will be seen and heard as often as possible, especially when emergency uh, situations require fire department intervention. I think it's a, a great move, and this is that she's the commissioner, and this is one. We're going back to our issues of the midterm uh, and and the uh, the issue of uh, mentally ill uh, out on the streets and what they are doing. I think it's wonderful that the city of New York has a woman police commissioner for the first time in history, and the city of New York has a woman fire department commissioner for the first time in history. The call last night was uh, essentially, do I think she can break through in the male-dominated field of the fire department? One, I think she's already broken through, Commissioner Kavanaugh. And I, I just say bravo. On this one, I say bravo to Mayor Adams for appoint making history, appointing the first woman police commissioner and the first woman FDNY uh, commissioner. So we will see how this uh, all plays out. And, folks, as I'm about to go back to the uh, telephone calls, join WABC and Ramsey Mazda as we honor law enforcement officers across the nation on Thursday, November 3rd, Thursday, November 3rd, with special guests and commentary. 77 WABC and Ramsey Mazda, back the blue Thursday, November 3rd. Let's go to uh, OB, our friend OB in Vermont this morning. Good morning, OB. What's on your mind? Everything is great, Dominic. By the way, just a couple quick things. She was acting commissioner, I believe, didn't she speak at the EMS funeral as well of of that killing, if I'm not mistaken? And she's been acting for a while and proven herself already. So to echo your comments, I think it's fabulous. But you were the one actually brought up the debate when you and I were speaking the other day, just to be just to point that out. And what made me think about it when you were talking more was that, as you notice, Michelle said she thought it wasn't out of control, but she felt it was scared. She was, and one of the things during that race is she was running as a champion of the city and out in Times Square doing uh, videos and so forth for Abney, saying how great New York is. It's open again. She did 24 hours and all that. When it went to that question before earlier, too, on the finances, it was was the fi- was the budget out of control also, and it was all yes, and she chimed in, wait, you guys all spent the money. That was all you. The crime question was the same thing. They had been in office and hadn't done anything about it, yet they said there was a problem, and that was 18 months ago, and it picked up since then, but that the mayor was running on the crime issue as well back then compared to what's going on now yes. with the government race. So so you had Democrats saying there was a crime issue then, but you were the one that put them on the spot to answer the question very thoroughly, which I think was important. So nobody waffled on it. And as you said, Brad Lander didn't even want to talk about that issue and wanted to avoid it, which is kind of, I guess, what the governor wanted to do and pivot to her issues that her polling shows that motivates the base and so forth and where they have to go to win her race. So I, I just don't get it how – if if you want to represent the people, how do you not focus on crime? I, I don't get it. Well, I can't speak for the governor. I'm, not, I'm on either side of the race. Publicly, everyone knows that when I've spoken before on things. But the issue, I think, for any official candidate becomes I need to speak to the issues that I'm sticking to. I can't change midstream. And that's one of the challenges when you when you bring up something like that that changes it for them. And they have a they have challenges. Changing, changing footsteps, really, right? You're, you're changing their steps. The march is going to a different tune, and every Eric Adams at day one was about crime, and at the end was about crime. At day one, Yang was a leader, and as COVID, uh, the walls came down, the city opened up, crime became the issue, and that was a, a that was the first debate of the race. That was also the next night they were on New York One, and 
that race um, was very quiet at that point, and you were the one that broke that ice with everybody on crime, and the mayor carried it on from there to the end. Well, thank OB, I thank you uh, for the call and for raising this issue. It's all very interesting. Drive safe and be safe while you're in Vermont. Thank you uh, very much for uh, for joining us, and and thank you for the credit. But but let me be clear, folks. When you're doing a debate, it wasn't just me. It was a it was a team of uh, here at WABC producers, management. And myself, and 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 you you come up with the issues and the questions as a team. And uh, what happened to work here was that they knew how to let the debate let the debates flow here at WABC into my personality. And my personality is that I'm not trying to impress you as the moderator with my intelligence. I want you to hear from the candidates. Let's go to Pete in Staten Island this morning. Good morning, Pete. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Good morning, Dominic. I wish you were the moderator. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. Because uh, you're fair and balanced, you know. But, Pete, I got to be honest with you. If I were the moderator, I don't think Governor Hochul would have done it. There's a reason. No, no, I'm, I'm serious. I'm serious. I believe they're, you. They're, they're, yeah. Because to be honest with you, my style as a as a as a moderator is I'm a live wire. No one can control that. me, and and you have no idea what I'm going to ask because sometimes I don't even know what I'm going to ask until seconds before. But please go ahead. Well, the yes and no answers is the best thing because it doesn't give people a chance to dance around the subject. Now, this thing that happened with the bus, with the bus driver that had to climb out the window, which is almost impossible because it's a small bus. If I was driving on the bus, I'd still be stuck in the driver's seat because I'm a pretty hefty guy, you know. But, uh, you know, that rules out buses for me. So the only option I have now is the Ubers and the cabs. Mm-hmm. And even now, you know, I went to the Bernie Memorial with my wife, and she's got a walker. So we took a cab, and the driver didn't even get out to put the walker in the back. I was putting it in, and I don't like doing that because I'm afraid when I'm putting the walker and I'm going to damage maybe a wire that's, you know, in the back yes. of the yes. brake lights and stuff, you know. And I says to the driver, I says, can you help me put this in? And I'm a pretty good tipper, you know. And he said to me, we don't have to know more because everybody's depending on us to get around. Nobody wants to take the train or the buses. Well, you know, and that's the truth. That's what's going on in the city. People are scared. Now, your other caller called in a few minutes ago talking about the COVID-19. My wife and I had it in November of 2019 when nobody knew what it was. And we actually know where we got it. We went to a funeral, and there was a young man and a nephew of my doctor from Milan, Italy, where the factories for the clothing was. And he looked like he had malaria, and my wife and I were helping him out. We, you know, put a... Uh, a jacket on his head. He was sweating profusely. And four days later, my wife and I both got it, but they had it down as double pneumonia. And the only thing that really got us through was taking aspirin and anti-inflammatories, which Dr. Oz told us to a friend that that would be a way to, you know, try to fight this off because they knew nothing about it. And we survived. We had it three times total. Our antibodies were so high that we couldn't be vaccinated because they did a blood test before that. So this is what's going on. I mean, uh, you know, I know it for a fact where I got it. Not too many people could say that. I understand, Pete. I I, I hate to step in, but I'm late on a break. I thank you you very much for the call, and I'm glad that uh, you and your wife are okay and thank you for attending uh, Bernie's uh, memorial because uh, he he really, really was a great man, Bernard McGurk. Dominic Carter here with you, Talk Radio 77 WABC. We see your calls. We're about to go to them. But first, we have to take a break. When we come back, the Chronicles of Dominic Carter and then more of your telephone calls. And at the top of the hour, Frank Morano and the other side of Midnight. Talk Radio 77.
These are the Chronicles of Dominic Carter on 77 WABC. A group of almost a dozen people verbally harassed and threw eggs at a Jewish teenager in Brooklyn, according to the NYPD Thursday, the 15-year-old victim was walking on East 18th Street near Bay Avenue in Midwood, dressed in traditional Jewish clothing, when the hateful crew of about 11 approached him, and this happened uh, on Monday at about 1.05 p.m., the group screamed, Free Palestine, before hurling eggs at the boy, hitting him in the back and shoulders. Uh, According to the NYPD, the mob ran away uh, westbound, and this is still being investigated. And the NYPD, they already have pictures. They'll they'll catch them. They'll catch them. Uh, Dominic Carter here with you, Talk Radio 77 WABC. So I was just looking... Before I go back to your telephone calls, as I said at the top of the show, Elon Musk uh, taking over uh, Twitter, and I'm looking at a statement from former President Donald Trump, who was greatly disrespected. No American president should have been treated the way that Twitter tweeted. (laughs) I'm confusing my tweets and my tweeted uh, Mr. Trump, but he released a statement stating congratulations to Elon Musk on his purchase of Twitter. Many people are saying that change was needed as the old management was too concerned with the woke agenda. I have been told that my account will be back up and running on Monday. We will see. Back to the telephone calls coming up at the top of the hour. Frank Morano and the other side of Midnight Robert in a, in Queens, good morning. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I'm calling about the, the, the crime issue. I live, I've lived in Astoria my whole life, and it's always been a nice, quiet little neighborhood. Yes. I live just two blocks from where that poor EMS worker, uh, Allison Russo, was brutally murdered by that psychopath. Yes. And, and Lee Zeldin had a golden opportunity. You know, he missed the golden opportunity to make a retort to Governor Hochul when she made that remark about, well, what, what's the, well, I forget exactly what she said. He could have said to her, uh, my daughters were nearly killed by, uh, you know, by a random, uh, you know, drive-by shooting, you know, really. I mean, it, it's, that, that woman is just totally clueless. Hey, hey, and, I, uh, I, I hear you, Robert, but, but uh, uh, two, two quick points there. Uh-huh. One, to respond that way, you're making the assumption he would have been accused of politicizing his daughters. He was already wow. accused of politicizing that incident. Oh, I see. Uh, yeah, and so, point. and so, and then the second point is that uh, many people in public life do not want their families involved solely for for that reason that that uh-huh. bad things can happen. So, and mm. and and keep in mind when you're on a debate stage, mm. sometimes you go with your gut, but you could say something that could end your campaign on the spot. And so maybe point, he just didn't feel, yeah. maybe he just didn't feel, um, I'm, I'm sure that, that, that his, um, that, that he was very, very upset as a father, what mm. happened uh, to his yeah. daughters. I mean, it's horrible. It is horrible yeah. for those young ladies to have to encounter that. Absolutely. And, 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 and it's got to stop. And and, Absolutely. And, and, that, I agree. and that's why, Robert, I thank you for the call, Robert. That's why polling shows uh, that Democrats, at least in the very near term, your days are numbered. And then maybe maybe you'll see the handwriting on the wall and you'll tell the AOCs of the world, go sit over there in the corner uh, because we're not listening to you anymore. And uh, in the corner, have Black Lives Matter join you over there. And all all of these progressive folks, you all go sit over there in the corner and uh, be gone. We don't want anything to do with you because you're part of the reason why we are in this mess. Let's go to Dennis in New Jersey. Good morning, Dennis. What's on your mind? Good morning, Dominic. Good morning. Uh, Yeah, my reason for calling, Dominic. You were just talking about the uh, woman who was appointed uh, uh, commissioner for the fire department. Yes. I read in the paper this morning, Dominic, that... 
She's been there eight years. Prior to that, she was an executive in the de Blasio administration. And then in addition, she was like a consultant in the campaign managing. Now, I'm saying this. I think she jumped the line. What do you think? Namely that there has to be within the thousands of people that work in the fire de- work in the fire department, college-educated management types who work their way up from being a firefighter. And now this particular individual, only eight years, no expertise in terms of actually being out on the job. And that's the kind of job where you as a commissioner have to have a feel for what it's like to be out there on the street and your life being jeopardized every time you go out to a fire. She has none of that experience. And she's an executive in the, the de Blasio administration and uh, – uh, and in addition, uh, some type of campaign manager, I think she jumped the line. What do you think? I think that when you're a commissioner, you serve at the discretion of the mayor. If you work in work for the federal government, you serve at the discretion at that level of, of the president. I, I can see your point, but at the same time, I was listening to you, Dennis, and uh, has anything gone wrong in the eight months that she's been the fire commissioner thus far? In the eight years, I, no, I no, really no, don't no, know. No, 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 no. In the short time that she's been oh, fired. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. I, I see what you mean. I see what you mean. Uh, no, not necessarily. Okay. Uh, we so- ha- we, ha- we don't know if any if there have been any problems that, that have surfaced, but I'm picturing myself, and, and you know yourself, Dominic, like a lot of these firefighters, they're well-educated. They're not just guys off the street. I joined as a firefighter, and now I've worked hard as a firefighter. I have some type of management position. And I see this individual come in from basically the outside eight years. I've been here 12, 15 years. Now I'm a deputy, whatever the hell it is. I would think there were like 25 or 50 people like that and uh, more qualified than, than than her. It just says, I, 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 what would you feel like if you're a firefighter who has worked your way up and you see this person come in from the outside who's never spent a day fighting a fire and that's what the core of that job is, fighting fires. Okay. And, of course, having management expertise, okay. which a lot of these guys have. But, but Dennis, but sometimes you have to shake things up. I thank you for the telephone call. Sometimes you have sure. to shake things up. Uh, I, the argument you're making, the same thing could be said for Keysan Shule, the police commissioner. Uh, she came out of Nassau County. Uh, and and it was really no experience uh, for the level of job that she has now, and she's the police commissioner. And so again, you serve at the discretion of the mayor. And Mr. Adams felt uh, comfortable uh, placing her at the commissioner's job. I don't see anything uh, wrong with it. The commissioner, the truth be told, it's not the commissioner of any agency that runs the agency on a daily basis. Now, sure, the buck stops with the commissioner, but it's normally the chief of department at the fire department, uh, uh, NYPD, that does the day-in, day-out activity. I I think it's – I I hear you on your point, but I think it's great uh, that Adams on this one got it right, went outside the box, and and went with – went with a, with a woman. Why not? Why not? Let, let's give her a shot. Let's see what she can do. I hear you on those coming through the ranks, but the job of commissioner, you don't get that type of job simply because it's your turn in line. It doesn't work that way. You, you, it's a political appointment. You could be the greatest firefighter in the world. If you don't have any political skills, you will never be the police, com- the uh, fire commissioner. Let's go to LQ in the Bronx. Good morning, LQ. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Uh, two things real fast. Uh, many blessings to you and to all, Dominic. Thank you. Thank uh, you. Same right at you. Uh, uh, for the this first thing with uh, the MTA, I'm not sure. With the security guards, I'm not sure if they're private or for the MTA, but years ago they had uh, the MTA had uh, hired uh, property protection agents, and their job they were unarmed. Their job was to, to be a deterrent on the subways mm-hmm. uh, and and tell people uh, when they came and pay your fare, they didn't write up to people or nothing like that. So to me, it's really now it's even more. It could be very dangerous for them to Ex- be telling. Extremely. They could be put on the attack and attack. 
extremely. I, I just need you to, to make it quick because I got to get to Frank Morano before the show is over. Go right ahead, LQ. I agree with Dennis, the first caller. You know, I know it's a political position, uh, but I think these people, the real workers are carrying them, they, you know, and um, as far as the, it shouldn't be, it should be whether you, how, how much work you did. I have to step in. Thank you very much. But it doesn't work that way. But folks, to think that that's what happens when you're a commissioner, it does not go down that way. It's not based on seniority or anything like that. It is a political appointment. Frank Morano, the other side of midnight. Good morning to you, Hello, sir. Hello, Dominic. How Ooh, are you, my friend? I'm good. What do you have coming up? Obviously, Mr. First... Good-looking guy there. <laughs> first hour of the program, as we do we, every Friday, we're going to do Ask Frank Anything. So whatever people have questions about, they have questions about local issues, international affairs, or even just fun stuff, movies, anything Halloween-related, we're going to take their calls on any any questions. Speaking of Halloween... A lot of folks are going to be watching Frankenstein this weekend, and uh, there's a great documentary about Boris Karloff. We're going to talk about Boris Karloff, who played Frankenstein, with the person that made this documentary. And we're going to get into the study of coincidences from a psychological perspective with one of the only major psychiatrists to study this. It's really interesting, the number of coincidences that seem to occur in people's lives why do they occur, and is it just a psychological phenomenon? We're going to get into it. So a little birdie tells me you and the missus went out tonight, had a good That's time. That's right. Is, we were, is we that were, true? I, I had a good time. I can't and, speak and, for and explain, explain the bow tie. Well, it was the, a Gatsby the, the, the haircut. A Gatsby nice jacket. Ah. Party, so. Ah. so it is what it is. You that, know. That, that's a sharp jacket. Thank you. Yeah, a smoking jacket. Ah. Yeah. Ah. No one offered me a cigar, but... <laughs> What do, you do men do men still wear smoking? No, jackets? no. It was you know again. It was a theme from a hundred years ago. So okay, I was in in the times in, for a hundred years ago, and you had fun. I had fun. Yeah. Well, exactly. th- did you catch that? Did you catch that? <laughs> I just I just threw the baton to you. <laughs> the baton is now. Uh, I will take it. It's friend. now passed to you, Frank Morano. You, you got it, Frank Morano. The other side of midnight is starting right now. Have a great weekend on Talk Radio 77 WABC.